I want to say one thing too. You know, we're beginning what they call Pride Month, and where there's an open celebration of what God has clearly condemned as sin and is an abomination. And but God gives his grace to the humble, he resists the proud. And I was thinking about because people are going to be flying their flags, and and if you read the book by Jonathan Jonathan Kahn, you you know what that means. It means ownership. You fly that flag, you're declaring to the powers of darkness, hey, you own me. I'm devoted wholly to you. Anyway, I'm not going to... Anyway, that's just a little bit of stuff. You guys are there too, right? You see these things, you hear these things, you, you know, you're trying to uh, put them in context of what the Lord is saying. And, and I want... God, how could... How could that happen 62 years ago? When was it? 60 years ago when President Kennedy died. And, you know, there's a lot of questions. When I get to heaven, I'm going to ask the Lord. How many of you are going to ask a lot of questions? He's not lost his, his sovereignty. He's not lost his rulership over the earth, especially. We're going to see that in this hour. But it's all these things going on. I, I was drawn to Proverbs 14, 16. It says, A wise man fears... But he continues. In other words, he fears God and the consequences of continual sin. That's a wise man. He fears God and he knows the consequences, so he, he goes the other way. But a fool rages on in his sin and he's self-confident. He's oblivious to the consequences. How many of you know the wages of sin is still death? Hadn't changed. I don't read anything different. But the gift of God is eternal life, but you got to receive that. And then later on in that chapter, it says, um, or actually earlier, fools mock at sin. In other words, they don't take it serious, but God's assurance is the house of the wicked will be overthrown. And we're going to see these things happen in this hour. It's going to be an incredible time in which to be alive on planet earth. You're going to have to have a little, you're going to have to be strong of spirit in this day. How many of you know that? Yeah. I'm just telling you like it is. And we're going to have to hear, thus saith the Lord, and speak, thus saith the Lord. I've told you before, I remember when I was in seminary, and it wasn't cemetery for me. It was seminary, and, and it was good. God led me there. It was part of my journey. And uh, I remember hearing things. And, um, and I remember one of the guys, the professors, he was the guy I've prayed ever since then. I often pray in the strong name of Jesus when he was the guy that would do that. And I just kind of modeled that. I really adapted to that. But, but he said, when is God going to raise up those people that are going to say, thus saith the Lord again? And I was sitting in the back of class thinking, God, here am I. I want to be one. Here am I. Send me. I didn't even know what it meant at that time. I didn't know God still spoke. They didn't, you know, they didn't teach us that. I knew he wrote a book, but I didn't know he had a voice. And, uh, but he does, and we're to give voice to his voice in this hour. Because there is a thus saith the Lord. And you, you can tell the difference. You know what I mean? You, you, there's a difference when there's a, a Bible lesson from thus saith the Lord. Well, it was a great time this week, I think Dustin mentioned at the community revival I'm grateful for these pastor friends. I've, I mean, we love each other, and you know, it's not everywhere they have that. But me and uh, Mark Abernathy, many years ago, we just started praying together, praying for churches. Then Mark Workman joined in, and then David Wellborn joined in, and then there were others. And now there's about 15 or so pastors that are connected in the county. There are probably 300-something churches, but at least 15-plus pastors that are connected, and we had a glorious time under the tent this week, and uh, God moved, and it, every different people spoke. Our worship team uh, led worship Tuesday night, and uh, so I want to thank all of those that were a part of that. And, uh, but it's just good to dwell together. You know, blessed are brethren when you dwell together in unity, and uh, we're going to have to get along Somebody sent me something, a reminder, 
They said, you better hang together or you'll hang separately. I said, well, you know so much for that. So I, but I think I'm going to hang together, period, regardless. And um, I know just enough to be dangerous in this hour. You know what I mean? And, uh, but I don't want to know too much. But I want to know all that he wants me to know. And more than all, I want to know him. Because those that know him are going to be strong and they're going to carry out great exploits. That's what we're made for. Now, I want you to turn. We're going to read. Uh, we'll go ahead and read there. Turn with me, if you would, to Psalm 9. And I hope this is not just a Bible story. But Bible stories are good when, when they come to. But, but I pray we all hear the other voice. Whatever the Lord, the Holy Spirit has to say to you, I pray that you have ears to hear what he's saying. Because I learned a long time ago, there are things God says, the man speaking up front of the woman, whoever it is, he may have not even gotten close to what you heard, but you heard, thus saith the Lord, you heard his voice. And I pray that you hear his voice this morning. Now look with me, Psalm 9, verse 1, we'll read it. Pray and then, then get in the word. I will praise you, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will tell of all your marvelous works. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. When my enemies turn back, they shall fall and perish at your presence. You know, there's something about the presence of God. We need more of His presence than we've ever, ever had, ever known, ever imagined, ever dreamed of. We need more. For you've maintained my right and my cause... You sat on the throne judging in righteousness. You've rebuked the nations. You've destroyed the wicked and blotted out their name forever. Now, this is a scripture about what is to come. This is like one of those futuristic portions of this text. But then he reminds the enemy, O enemy, destructions are finished forever. For you've destroyed the cities, even their memory has perished. But the Lord shall endure forever. Say, the Lord shall endure forever. And he has prepared his throne for judgment. He shall judge the world in righteousness, and he shall administer judgment for the peoples, for the peoples in righteousness. So he's going to also do our bidding in judging for us. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. How many of you notice we're not that good at carrying out the Lord's vengeance? We usually mess up. Our own vengeance, vengeance our own wrath is not, does not lead to the righteousness of God. So we got to walk in love. But you can have a righteous anger, too, at the same time. And um, God's going to help us in that, trying to get that balance. But then look in verse 9. The Lord also will be a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. It's really only in times of trouble that you will really know how much of a refuge he really is. And then you'll know our God really is a refuge. In times of trouble. But then verse 10, and those who know your name will put their trust in you. For you, Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. And, and we're going to come back in a moment. I want to pray. But we'll get to focusing on that verse. And those who know your name will put their trust in you. So, Lord, we thank you for this morning. And, Lord, I thank you for a family I can just be real with. I don't have to make up and... Lord, I don't want to be anything but what you've called me to be. And I thank you, Lord, that you've called all of us in this hour to be more than we ever thought we could be in you, in Christ. And, uh, Lord, you've prepared us for these days. And some of these things we hear that we've heard all our life, but they begin to fit together. Sometimes, Lord, they can almost be a little overwhelming until we look to you the greater one, the higher one. And we know, Lord, that you're reigning and ruling in all the affairs of men. Yeah. And that you are the one that brings the counsel of men to nothing. Yes. The plans of men, the plans of the nations, to nothing. But the plans of God, the counsel of the Lord, will last forever and ever and ever. So we give you glory, we give you honor, yeah. 
We give you praise, Lord. Thank you for your presence. God, touch everyone this morning. I don't know what they need to hear, but I ask you to give all of us ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying each to each individual, as if we're the only one that walked in this place this morning, the only one that's watching online. In Jesus' name, amen. I shared, was it Friday, I they asked me to lead the prayer. Last time I preached, I told them, man, I, don't, I just was glad to be a part of those 10 meetings, but they asked me to pray one of the nights Friday, and I was just, it came to me that, you know, the Bible emphasizes certain things that God is known for, certain things that He does. And uh, so I thought, well, I really will lead up to what I'm going to talk about this morning. And the first thing was, This is what God does. He does whatever He pleases. That's what He does. That's found over in Psalm 115, verse 3. It says, our God is in heaven, and He does what He pleases. That means God is high and lifted up. He's the sovereign, exalted one. He's the supreme of the supreme. There's no one greater, no one higher, and He can do whatever He pleases. And you and I can get in on what He pleases or what pleases Him, That scripture, Philippians chapter 2, God is at work in us both to will and to do of His good pleasure. So you want to bring pleasure to God, just get in on what He's up to. Let Him have His way. And He's going to do what pleases Himself through you. You can be pleasing to God Almighty as He's working through us and in us. And then He does, I saw that. This, this week. He does, as Daniel 11.36 says, what has been predetermined. Now, you know, all through Christian history, there have been those, you know, they take that too far, and there's this battle about predestination. I don't know about all that stuff. I just know what the Bible says. There are some things that are predetermined. There are set times and seasons, things that have been established They're set in heaven, and they're going to be done on the earth. God's looking for people that will agree with him on the earth what has been established in heaven. Does that make sense? And anyway, you read on in that in Daniel, and you see that Daniel was faint. He was sick for many days for what he saw coming on the earth. That's over in Daniel somewhere in chapter 11 or somewhere because of the abundance of transgression, and it did, I think it's in chapter 8, verse 23, when the transgressors have reached their fullness. And so Daniel was seeing what was coming. He saw the judgments that were at hand. And so, in fact, it even says in, in chapter 8 somewhere, it says, truth has been thrown down to the ground. How many of you say that's happened in this hour? Truth has been thrown out the window. You can't tell the difference. Unless you know God's Word, you're not going to know who's telling the truth. That's why we're going to stand on the truth. And if we don't understand, we're just going to know that He is the way and He is the truth. And if we don't know all of it, at least we'll know Him who is the truth. And if you know the truth, you'll probably be led into all truth. So you won't mess it too bad if you know the one who is the truth, right? So we're going to follow Him. But then I saw this, and I've read this many times. I've read through, I've got many Bibles. How many of you got many Bibles? Many of them are old, and they're torn, and you've read through them many, many times. When you've been in ministry a lot of years, it just happens. And I've doubled it this year. I'm going to read more than I've ever read. Lord willing, next year I'm going to read more than I'm reading this year. I think we should just keep reading the Word of God. Just keep, you know... Man, his word, man shall not live by bread alone. That may become more real to us than we know. But by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So we'll just feed on the word of God. And we may be surprised. We might be better off than we've ever known before. Probably more healthy than eating the GMO food and all those things. But anyway, Daniel says this. Okay, so Daniel sees all these things going on. And he gets sick and he's fainting. I know what he feels like. And he says, but a man dressed in fine linen shows up and says, but I tell you what is noted in the scripture of truth. I guess, because I'd underlined that in my Bible, it's unlined. I probably thought that was the word of God. 
It, has, it is not an earthly book. You look it up. The Scripture truth is not referring to an earthly book, but God's heavenly decrees about the future of all nations. It's His decrees in the heaven that He's spoken over the United States of America. What He's spoken over Ukraine... What he's spoken over Russia, what he's spoken over Canada, what he's spoken over Mexico, what he's spoken over all these nations, and probably, since we're living in these nations, what he's spoken over you and me. These are heavenly decrees. And so, all I know is, God, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We surrender to your will. These, the scripture of truth, the decrees of heaven. How many of you think that'd be a good thing to pray? Lord, show me some of those decrees, because the decrees of man is not what's going to cut it. You can decree all you want, but if you're in agreement with the decrees of heaven, it's probably a good chance it's going to happen. I told you a few um, weeks ago, I was on the call with the Black Robe Regiment. Remember I spoke that? It was a national call. You would think there would be thousands of pastors rallying together. No, there was just a handful. I don't know how many. Probably not everyone on that call was a pastor. And, uh, but I don't care. I'm a part of the Black Robe Regiment. That was a group of pastors back in the days of the Revolutionary War. And they wore black robes. And they, wore, they had weapons under their robes. See, right here, they had weapons. And so, anyway, no, I don't have any. I don't have, I don't have any. There's guys in this congregation that have weapons. And the weapons are, are, hey, the weapons we have anyway, they're mighty. They're way more than the weapons that these nations have. And God's going to prove it. But anyway, the guy on the call, can I just be real today? This, anyway, I was really blessed by this South African man. And he was telling us about how God had shown him this vision how that, uh, that the church in this hour must be bold and rise up and not listen to all the lies of the enemy, but be led by the truth, pick up the sword of the Spirit and charge. And he said in this dream or vision that he had, he saw heaven's armies waiting for the, for the people, the saints on the earth, to get up and do something about what was happening. And so when the saints on the earth got up, they took their sword and they charged, then heaven's army followed and backed them up And they just swooshed in. And then you started seeing the great victories that had been promised. But it's like they were waiting. They're waiting for us to be the people of God in this hour. Well, it bugged me. I've known that guy. I have known him. You ever met somebody you know you know? You've seen him before. But you don't know where Anyway, and in that call, he said that he came into America through Alabama. So I thought, well, that's where we saw him. We were in Mobile doing the Mobile School of the Spirit, and they had a conference ministry, and people would come from all over the Gulf Coast region. We'd go pick up Bob over in Florida, Bob Jones, and Bobby would come, and Paul Keith and Rick. and it just It was an amazing time. So I thought, well, maybe Isaac, that was his name, came through Mobile. So I... Somehow they sent out his texts, the black robe guys sent them to all the people on that call. And so I, I'm going to find out who he is because I know him. He's probably watching. But anyway, I, um, I said, did you come through Mobile, Alabama? Maybe that's how we knew you because you look awful familiar to me. But he said, no, I came through North Alabama. I never was down in lower Alabama, you know, where we lived and where you, Emily lives now, but where we lived and... Um, But anyway, this man was the most remarkable man. He said he had met me in a dream. (laughs) I'm just, I've never had, I said, you met me in a dream? Well, maybe that's why you look so familiar. So I, I text, I got, you, you, we need to see each other. We need to talk. So we Zoomed yesterday. And he said, yes, it was years ago. And I saw what God's going to be doing with you. And then he said he was watching one of our services, and he was, this was it. He said he was glued into this portrait. This means far more than what you and I think it means. 
Because God, he said, God sent him to America to start prophesying and speaking that there's waves of, there's a major wave of revival coming to this land. And it's a wave of the Holy Spirit. So when you drew that, he was just really glued into that. It's not by accident that that's back there. You don't do things by accident. Sounding the alarm. Well, we're going to do that. We've been trying, but we're just going to do it a little bit louder when we get back after July. Because it's time to wake them up. It's time to wake them up. If you're asleep in this day, you're going you're to miss it. And you don't want to miss it. But anyway, the guy was saying yesterday, Isaac, I don't mean to say the guy. Isaac, forgive me if you're watching. He was a precious man. I'm, I want him to come here. I said, you're going to come. And because um, he sounded like he's got a lot to say. He could not say everything. And if you saw me in a dream, you need to come hang out with me. Well, look at him. I believe we're living in these kind of times, supernatural. I know there'll be all kinds of false signs and wonders. I understand. God will give us discernment. But I know this is a supernatural hour. You're going to have to live by the Spirit. Your intellect, your experience is not going to cut it. You know, wow, I've been in ministry all these years. Well, fooey to you. So big deal. What do you want, a medal? No. You, it's not by might nor by power, but by my Spirit. I'm more depending on the Holy Spirit today than I was 35, 38, 40. I don't even know how many years we've been preaching. Then how, when were we in Mobile? Way back. It was after Columbus discovered, right? Yeah, okay, it was definitely, it was after that. But anyway, this is why I brought this up. Isaac was saying yesterday, God's waiting for his people to have an expectancy on him. We've allowed the world and the almost has numbed us down from all the things. We have expectancy of what they say is happening. We got to have more expectancy in what God said is happening and will happen. And I said that the other night when we were praying under the tent. I didn't know where it came from. I just said, God, we are more expectant in you than we've ever been. And it was a prophetic declaration. And I'm declaring it over you. We are more. You are more. We're going to be more expecting God than we've ever been in our entire lives. And if you expect, he's going to send heaven's angels. He, we're going to see the glory of the Lord. And then another thing, I will get to the, the message over in Psalm 9 maybe. But another thing that he will do, he's... It's that he will do what he's always done. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we got to have more expectancy in that than we've ever had in, in, in that verse. I've shared with you how one of the most glorious experiences in my life was when I was a part of a mission trip to Ukraine. It was the, still the Soviet Union, and I've shared that with you. And it was a communist nation, and I've shared how that we were held out on the border in Poland and going into the USSR, and it took a long time. And God, we were sitting on the bus, and people were being concerned. Maybe we've wasted our money, and we're not going to be allowed into the Soviet Union. And uh, the Lord said, turn to Matthew 24, 14. And so I did, and I read it on the bus that this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. And we all gave a shout, and then Dr. Dean came with our passports, and we were allowed, and it was just months, right? Three months before the walls came tumbling down, and the Soviet Union fell. So I was, we were a part of a mission team preaching the gospel to people who had not heard the gospel for 70 years. Communism was their God. And, uh, but anyway, I've shared all. I won't go back into that, how we didn't have an interpreter. But i got to tell you, because some of you didn't hear the story. We went out on the streets, and we standing up on park benches preaching. No, no, we weren't preaching yet, because I didn't know. I don't know Russian. I don't know Ukrainian, whatever. So anyway, we're playing our guitar. The crowds, masses of people gather. So you want to preach. You know what I mean? So anyway, we said, does anybody speak English? Did I, how many of you guys never heard this? How many? Okay, good. I can tell you again. So I'm saying, does anybody speak English? A lady raises her hand. She's got blonde hair. She comes up, 
Her name's Ludmila Adamoska. She's an English professor at the high school. She said she normally doesn't go through the park, but that day she felt strangely drawn to the park. She usually goes another way. She came through the park. We said, Ludmilla, you're an English professor. Can you interpret for us? She said, oh, no, I'm a communist. My father is in the Communist Party. I'm an atheist. I don't believe in God. I remember saying, well, you don't have to believe in God. Just give us a voice. She said, well, you know, I need to practice my English. So I'll do that. So anyway, we preach. What do you preach? They haven't heard the gospel in 70 years. You don't go into, you know, the 25 lessons of the building of the sanctuary. Whatever. You just, I'm preaching John 3.16. For God so loved the Soviet Union. And anyway, after the second little gospel message, Ludmilla turns around like all the other people have been raising their hands like crazy, weeping. Oh, just the most amazing. She turns around with her hand raised. Remember I shared this. And uh, I said, Ludmilla, why is your hand raised? She said, I, I want Jesus. I said, you're a communist. She said, I don't care what I am. I want Jesus. I want this Jesus you're talking about. And she was gloriously born again, filled with the Holy Spirit. She would not leave us the rest of the time. We went from park to park to park to park to park. Thousands of people. I could still see them, the tears, praying. I remember we went back on a, um, I went there four, five, six times to the Ukraine after the Soviet Union fell, and they took us to a place, it's called Donetsk and Luhansk. Anyway, it's where things have been going on. You know the media's not been telling you the truth as what had been happening. It is not an unprovoked Anyway, I'm not going to go there. I'm going to be good. We have provoked Russia. And Russia has shown incredible restraint. And now we're pushing them in harder and harder and harder and harder and harder. So that they will... What I asked the Lord this week. I heard they, our country has done away with the START Treaty. I'm going to get back to the story so as they will not know when we are sneaking in nukes. And said, God, what's going to keep them from just wiping us out? This is suicidal, what we're doing. And the Lord said, no, it's not suicidal, it's genocidal. And it just shows me we have lunatics running the land. They're not lunatics. They're, even if they're people, maybe they're not even people, but they've asked, they're of the spirit of Antichrist. They've lost their mind, but there's a people in our country that love God. And we're a remnant. And we're not in agreement with those who lead us. We have a higher power. His name is Jesus Christ Almighty. And our faith and trust is in Him. And He can spoil the plans of even the most wicked of men. But anyway, I found out later they'd been bombing Tehesk and Lahans. Anyway, that's how the whole thing kind of got... This thing didn't even have to... Was it Kennedy the other day, the one going to run for president? We got to pray for him. If he runs for president, pray for him because he speaks the truth too. But he said 350,000 Ukrainians have died, and none of them had to die. It didn't have to be. But anyway, I'm going to get back to the story. So anyway, we're in Luhansk, Donetsk, one of those places. It's along the Russian border. Is that the place? Yes, we had baptism and there was no, anyway, I'm, I've been to many nations. You ever been somewhere you forget where you were? But I remember seeing the river between Ukraine and Russia. I remember seeing it. But anyway, we went in this church, and we're preaching the simple gospel, and I pray for this lady that's deaf, and nothing happened. I thought, well, I prayed. So we, on a return trip, we go back to that very same church. A little old lady runs up to me. She's speaking whatever she's speaking. And so the interpreter says, she's trying to tell you. She's trying to tell you. She can hear. She's the lady you prayed for years ago. She can hear clearly. 
I had to say, say that again. <laughs> you know me. Are you kidding me? No, you're not kidding me. She can hear. But anyway, he does what he's always done. Okay, stay the course. No more of this sidetrack. And then he will do what he said he will do. If he made you a promise, do you think he will say it, do it, if he said it? What is he? God is not a man that he should lie. You ever been lied to? A hundred percent of the time when you're listening to some of the media, you're lied to. If it's not an outright lie, it is to distract you from the truth, to keep you, to keep America bottled up in this matrix of gross deception and corruption. And anyway, God, I thank you. We get to live in this hour. How many of you are really thankful that we get to, we get to be a part of a day Man, they're going to write books about us. I don't care. They may not have our names right. Who cares? But there are going to be books somewhere in history written about the saints on the earth at this time. And some of you are going to do things that if you knew what you were going to do before you did them, you wouldn't probably show up. But you're going to do it because God is with you. Greater is he that's in you. And But God does that he's always done. You know, if God doesn't always move when he, you think he should move. He says no sometimes, doesn't he? He says yes, but what else does he say sometimes? Wait. How many of you like to wait? I hated waiting. I didn't like waiting. But thank God for the times we waited. And then he does what is impossible for you and me to do. It's absolutely impossible. But with him, nothing. How many of you are facing something right now that is impossible If God doesn't come through, there's no answer. There's no hope. How many of you? You're facing something. Okay. We're going to believe for the impossible. He said, if you believe. I remember there was a group way back among the early, somewhere in the church fathers, they were called the apostles of the possible. The apostles of the possible. God, let us be those apostles today to believe in you. And then he does as he is asked by his people. And that's what I think the reason I shared that the other night because we were getting ready to pray. And then he does what could not have been expected or dreamed. How many of you know our God does abundantly, exceedingly, above and beyond all that you could ever ask or dream? So what does that mean? We should ask and dream. We should ask him for things that are absolutely unreachable, unbelievable. No one in, in history has asked God for those kind of things. Because if he does abundantly, exceedingly, above and beyond, then we should just be bold in our asking. If you ask God for too much, he'll forgive you. He's not going to be thrown off guard. Just call upon him and he'll show you great and mighty things. And this is what I want to lead to, and this is how we'll wrap it up. He does that which is in a line with his name, his name, his character. Now go back with me to Psalm 9. Those who know your name, those who know your name in verse 10 of Psalm 9, they will put their trust in you. You're going to need to know his name in this hour. The name speaks of the character, right? We named Emily, Emily because it meant industrious. She has lived out the meaning of her name. She is industrious. Josh, our son, you know, was it Joshua, salvation and all, but also Joshua was a leader, and he was a leader. He's been a leader in baseball and, and just many things. And, you know, they gave Jesus his name for purpose. You shall call his name Jesus, and he will save his people. My dad told me before he died that he wanted to name me after David in the Bible. And um, I don't know that I've led in any way, lived up to that, but I would love to be known as a man after God's own heart. Wouldn't you like to be known as someone like that? Because names mean something. And, um, you know, the name of the Lord. Remember that old song we used to sing in the old days? Oh, the name of the Lord is like a strong tower. The righteous run to it and they are safe. That's what we're going to do. We're going to be in a habit of doing that in this hour, running to the high tower, the strong tower. So anyway, I just wanted to mention a few of the names of the Lord that are in the Bible. There's something like 70-plus names. 
And uh, I'm not going to give you all the Hebrew names. You don't have to do that. I'm just going to mention 12 or 15 or so. And then we'll pray and just release whatever God wants to release in you. But some of the names that are in, of God in the Bible. Number one, he's the Lord God Almighty. He's Almighty. Revelation 1.8, I am the Alpha, the Omega, says the Lord, who is and was and is to come, the Almighty. Psalm 80.19, restore us, O Lord God Almighty. Make your face shine upon us and we shall be saved. What does Almighty mean? It means exactly what it sounds like it means. Almighty. Almighty. There's none like our God. You ever feel like you run out of strength? You know, you just feel like I don't, I don't feel like as strong as I, I need to be. And I remember one time I was complaining to the Lord. I was a young pastor. We were in West Virginia. I don't know if we were married or not yet. If that was a Sunday, you walked in the back door and I ran to beat and get your name and all that. I don't know when that was, but I was out. I was, it was in, the church was in the middle of nowhere. I thought, God, there ain't no girl going to find this church. You can't even find this church, God. I don't know how I found it, but I, was, I wanted to leave. And anyway, I just was being honest with God. And one day I just felt so weak. I just, God, I don't know what I'm doing. I can't. God, I can't. I don't have it. I don't know. I just want to go home. I want to go back to Louisiana. This is no good, Lord. I'm just so weak, feel so inadequate. And it's like God, I heard in heaven, I didn't hear it exactly, but it's like I did. I heard, it's almost like heaven said, shut up. You're right. You are inadequate. You are needy. You are weak. But I am your strength. I am your adequacy. And go in this strength. You remember Gideon? Felt mighty man of valor. He didn't feel like no mighty man of valor. <laughs> God, are you serious? Go in the strength of, you know, that I'm giving you basically. And he did. Anyway, we need to walk in that. He gives power to the weak. He gives power to the weak, Isaiah 40. And to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men would utterly fall. But those who wait, and that word means more than just sit back, expectancy. You're believing God's about to walk into that place. I have more expectancy. I, I'm just telling you, I believe God. How many of you are there? If you're not, I'm I want you to get there. I believe God. I believe God. I know we've had times of unbelief, God. You know, help my unbelief, I believe. But let's just believe God, period. And get there. I am almighty. And then he's the most high God. The most high. There's none higher. There's none greater. Remember Daniel. We won't go there. But um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And, and it, no, we will go there. Remember, they, were, they had to bow when this music began to play to the false gods of the king. And uh, they were not going to bow. And, uh, of course, they were said, well, if you don't, you're going to be thrown into this fiery furnace. And they turned it up seven times hotter. Fire in itself is hot. How do you make it seven times hotter? I don't know how they did that, but, man, that was, it was so hot when they eventually threw them in. Remember, the guys that threw them in were consumed by the flames. Anyway... And they said, remember what they said? They said, our God will deliver us, but even if he doesn't, their faith was not in God's deliverance. It was in God, period. They said, even if he doesn't, we will not bow to your, we're not going to bow to this stuff. I was, this week, I was so blessed. You know, every Wednesday I'm on the radio in U Uganda and the nations, it's going over the Internet. And we didn't have a discipleship gathering this week. We've had many of those where they set up the screens and all. But anyway, I was bragging this week on the radio on the president of Uganda because I saw where the man in this White House was threatening him that we're going to 
bring about sanctions on the nations of Uganda because they will not bow to the homosexual agenda. So I took the opportunity. I don't, maybe he listens. Everybody else in that whole part of Africa, it seems like they listen. It's just an amazing thing. So I don't know that I just said, Mr. President of Uganda, God bless you. Thank you for standing for righteousness and not bowing to Babylon and the beast system. And anyway, thank God. Lord, I ask you to let Uganda shine like the stars in the firmament, Lord. And if the world system sends sanctions, God, you pour out from heaven so much that they'll have to give it away to other nations. I want God to show himself strong in the face of this darkness and this hour. I mean, if you're like me. Anyway, thank God for Uganda. Now, I told you, right before that, they actually met and they wrote these laws saying, you go to prison if you commit these sexual immoral crimes. I preached on that on the radio just a few weeks before that. Now, I'm not saying they did anything. I'm not saying But I still preached on it, and the word of God went out over the nation. And whether they heard it or not, the word of the Lord has not returned void. I listed all the perversions, sexual, I listed them all, I didn't hold back. Thank God. All I know is this is the most incredible time to be alive on planet earth. And then another name is, he's the Lord, he's the master, Adonai. You remember Jesus, he said, you cannot serve two masters. You're going to love one, you'll hate the other. You'll hate one, love. This is the day. Choose ye who you will serve. Uganda has chosen. America will choose. Now, America's already chosen, but we, the people, the remnant, we have also chosen too. And as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And nations all over the earth are going to be making these decisions in this hour. And then it means... One of the names of God is the Lord, my banner. I really like that one, the banner, his banner. You know, there were times that armies of God, they, they were outnumbered, but that didn't matter. Greater is he. The armies of God were far greater than the armies of darkness. Amen. And you know, you would celebrate champions and uh, it's just a visible reminder that God is leading us in triumph in Christ Jesus. We were singing that song, I, there's going to be a victory. There's going to be a victory. When I was thinking about this this week, I saw a vision really quickly. It's like the saints that are alive on the earth. One day they'll be on the streets of heaven with these banners. We'll be carrying banners, but they're also going to be banners awaiting us, waving over us because we were the saints on the earth at this time and we carried his banner to the nations, even in the midst of the trouble and in the midst of the corruption and the chaos. We declared that Jesus was Lord on the earth when everybody else said he's not. And he as Lord was greater than the one who was not. The one who was not was proved that he was not. And that our God was proven that he was the one that was. So anyway, it sounds like we're heading to victory in that day. I'm going to be like the real David. I'm going to shout and jump and skip. And what was the wife, Michael, whatever, you know? Yeah, let them, let them. They ain't going to be talking about us in that day. They're all going to be on board. We'll all be on those streets. You always triumph in Christ. Well, it doesn't look like it. You know what's happening. You always triumph in Christ. Now, something's got to change. Either that verse or your attitude. Okay. I told you, Milton Green. Ed, you may have heard of him. He was one of those guys with James Robinson and Jack Taylor and Dudley Hall. And it greatly impacted my life. And uh, uh, Milton Green used to bring a big pencil with him up into the pulpit. And he preached, man, the stuff you don't hear in an American church hardly. They wouldn't even listen. But I was hungry. I wanted to hear. And so he would read something that was a little controversial. He'd say, okay, how many of you want to erase that? I got a big eraser here, and we can just erase that out. We ain't er- we're not erasing anything. It ain't going to happen. We don't er- you're not erasing it. Thus, it is written. And we're going to stand. And then he's the Lord, our shepherd. Remember, he's a great shepherd of the sheep. 
He's the great shepherd of the sheep. He's a great shepherd of the sheep. I have a feeling we're going to really see that verse as to what it means. He is the great shepherd of the sheep. He will lead you and guide you beside still waters, restore you. And even though you will walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod, your staff, they comfort me. You're preparing a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Goodness and mercy, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord. We're going to know the great shepherd of the sheep. And then you know he's the Lord that heals. And you know that Jehovah Rapha, Psalm 103, Psalm 103, you know, do not forget the Lord and all of his benefits, who forgives all of my iniquities and who heals all of my diseases. Now, I've not seen, I look at that verse and I've seen things I prayed for. I didn't see what I thought the way it should look like. But that didn't change that scripture. Every time I go back to Psalm 103, it's still there. He forgives all of my iniquities. I want him to do that. Well, he heals all of your diseases. Who redeems your life from destruction. Who crowns you with loving kindness, tender mercies. Who renews your youth like the eagles. I'm standing on that one. We pray that. I pray that. God, I thank you. Lord, you're going to have to protect our DNA in this hour, our every organ in my body, my mind. Lord, thank you for the healing power. You are Jehovah Rapha. You're the God that heals me. The medical system, it may go down. I don't know where it's going. Thank God for a little missionaries like my daughter that are there in the medical field today trumpeting the truth standing for righteousness. I don't know what's going to happen out there, but I know my God is going to be Jehovah Rapha up until the end of time. And then Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is there. It's one of his names. I told him on the radio this week, Uganda is going to be known as the nation where the Lord is there. Congo, Tanzania, Rwanda, Burundi, South Sudan, Kenya, You're going to be known as the Lord is there. Now, that's what we want to be known by. We want to be known by that, don't we, Addie? The Lord is there. That's why she's having difficulty leaving. The Lord is here. It's okay, Addie. God bless you, precious. Oh, come on back up here. You're fine. The Lord is here, Addie. Yeah, well, there's a lot happening, too. But that's the goal. You know, we used to say in the old days, people would say, I don't even know who pastors at church because we have so many guest speakers. We just invite people. And I like that myself because I'm a learner. I'm a disciple. I want to speak when God gives me something to say. The other times, go down to the church, you know, the, anyway, I'm not going to go there. But anyway, <laughs> I don't want to say, God, if you're not saying, I really don't like saying that's probably because I ran across this thing one time when I was right in ministry, and it just stuck in my heart. It says that I will go where you send me. I'll say what you say, nothing more, nothing less. It was something like that, and anyway, I've got it at home. Just content to be a son. But they used to say, who's the pastor? Well, I pray we get back there. Who's the pastor of that church? I have no idea, but the Lord is there. The Lord is there. You can be healed. How do you know? Because I just got healed. Man, I had this thing. And it ain't happening anymore. And then he's the Lord, our righteousness. There's imputed righteousness, right? Thank God. You know, the great exchange. We took off our unrighteousness. Even what we thought was righteous was as filthy rags. So we took it off. He gave us his righteousness. And now we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Right? you got to put that on every day because the world out there will try to talk you out of it. No, I'm lifting up the helmet of salvation, but also this righteousness, the breastplate of righteousness. He who knew no sin became sin for me. And so I've received that. You know, justification really is one of the, the amazing biblical principles. It's incredible. How many of you know what justified means? Anybody? Just as if you've never sinned. How can that be? 
How, just as if I've never. Well, all I know is God is a good God. And then there are the deeds of righteous people. They are walking out, doing the deeds of righteousness in a time even with great judgments are breaking out on the earth. And then he's the Lord who sanctifies. He sets us apart, makes us holy. You know, all of our efforts to be holy fall short. How many of you have noticed that? How many of you have mastered being holy? Yeah, you could write a book. Nobody would buy it because nobody would buy into it. He is my holiness. Now, I know he's coming with a, for a church without spot and blemish. I have a feeling the blood of Jesus has something to do with it, a lot to do with it, but also that I'm yielded, and it is God working in me. So those things that used to captivate me, I'm not captivated anymore because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. And I'm walking in liberty because whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And then he's the everlasting God. Relationships come and go. Things come and go. God is everlasting. He's an everlasting. How many of you are glad for that? And then he's a jealous God. We don't have time to go into all that. But basically, he doesn't want to share us. He wants all of us. All of us. All of him. For all of us, who do you think gets the better part of the deal? All of us, for all of him, we get far greater, more than we would ever give. He's the all. And then he's the Lord, our provider, Jehovah Jireh. We're going to need to know him that he provides all of our needs according to his riches and glory. It's not how much is remaining in your bank account. It's or if they do whatever they say they're going to do, God's economy is going to endure the test of time. The Babylonian system is falling. We knew it was going to fall. When you really understand what it's built on, you would agree, God, it needs to fall. But if that falls, that only means, God, that you must be causing something else to arise and the kingdom is that which we are looking toward. You said the ki- we're built on the kingdom. Everything is going to be shaken except the kingdom, which cannot be shaken. Cannot be shaken. And then he's the Lord, our peace. Jehovah Shalom. You know, I like the guys, the guys that speak that with a little good Hebrew accent. Shalom. However they say it, they know what it really means. Now, you know, last Sunday when we ended the service with Jonathan Kahn, that was the most amazing, incredible. If you did not, if you weren't here last Sunday, you should just go watch last Sunday just to get to the end. Because we replayed Jonathan Kahn blessing, the Aaronic blessing. I'm telling you, there, this, the Lord was mighty in this place. I was sitting over here at... Back in the old days, I, my hand would shake when the anointing shows up. I, I could not hold my hand. It was, I was just trying to, you know, kind of hold my <laughs> I couldn't hold him, man. It didn't matter if I was up. I'm just telling you, God was in the house. I'm thinking, God, thank you that somebody thought of doing that. Shirley actually was the one that suggested. I said, God, thank you. Because it was perfect to end the prayer over Israel. All these days of pray. This was amazing. Well, I'm telling you, we're walking under that blessing every day. You know, Lord, keep you. Lord, you know, make his face shine on you. Man, there's stuff. We prayed that every day for our children. If we missed a day or so, Josh and Emily would come. Hey, Dad, Mom, you forgot to pray. Remember, Emily, we would pray every day, the Lord bless you, the Lord keep you, the Lord make his face shine upon you, Lord be gracious unto you, lift his countenance upon you. Now, sometimes we would do it quickly, you know, but anyway, we would just do it. I'm glad we did it. They're never going to forget it, and I'm not going to forget it either. And then he's the Lord of hosts, the Lord of heaven's armies. That's where I think we'll stop. There's so many names of God, but he is the Lord of hosts. The armies of heaven. The armies of heaven. Man. I saw Franklin Graham. I 
think I probably should save it because it will fit for next week. But I do remember where he said, the, it's like the hordes of hell have been released in this hour. He was speaking at a national religious broadcaster's convention. He was talking about the gates of hell and how the church had to rise up. Anyway, I've always loved the Graham family. I just so appreciate that. But listen, we got to rise up because when we rise up, heaven will rise up on our behalf. You know, okay, darkness will cover the earth and deep darkness the people. There are two arisings in that scripture. One is, arise and shine, for your light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. You arise. You and I arise. For what? For the glory of the Lord is arisen upon you. We're the first arising. You have to arise with your faith and confidence in Him and in His Word. And God will come. Almighty God, the Almighty One, will come on our behalf and show Himself strong. Amen, Eddie. Amen. Amen. We get to spend time this week together as we do every week. Man, God bless every one of you guys. I want to pray something over you. You hang around Chris Reed, you get a little wild in your thinking. But I'm just telling you, I know people probably say, well, Chris may have spoken to some, I'm just, I don't know what all they think, but I'm just telling you, I know him, and I know it's real. There's a real prophetic gifting in Chris, and we're not going to, I've been, we pray, Lord, don't let him be lifted up too quick. You know, don't let him become too known or popular. Lord, keep him, Lord, cover him, guard him. And then Rick has this stroke last week. He's doing better, I understand. I, I don't know if anybody heard. I think he lost feeling on his left side, and he has a little slurred speech, but he's waiting for a bed to get into rehab. Rick's, God's not done with Rick Joyner, and, uh, but just think, God, you, had all, you knew about all this stuff. He knows about things going on in your life, too. Sifo, I'm glad I noticed you. You told me this week. Your brother your, died. Is he young? Was he younger than you? Yeah, he died. And um, you said you had a dream where your younger brother, who tragically died, you didn't tell me how, but it sounded like a tragedy, but that you saw in a dream that he was part of the armies of heaven who would come and do the battles on the earth and fight even on your behalf. Something like that. Was that correct? It's amazing. And I think about so many people that died. Some of them should not have died. Steve, my good friend, Steve, Michael. I could think of others. And enough of the truth is getting out. We know what has been happening. James 5, the elite, the the rich, they murder the just and no one resists them. Well, I'm going to be a resistor. I'm going to be a resistor, and I'm going to preach the gospel until the last breath left in me. It only made us become more determined to serve our God. But I'm just telling you, what I'm saying is, regardless of the tragedies, in a time of trouble, he will be their refuge and strength. And those who know his name, those who know his name, They will put their trust in Him. I just want to impart that to you, a faith to trust Him. Lord, I thank You for this morning. Lord, we've all been called to this moment in history. And we're not those that buried our head in the sand and pretend nothing's evil, see no evil. Lord, we see it all. We see. But we see You above it all. We see You high and lifted up. We see the train. We see the robe. We see you. Lord, we want to be known as the Lord is there. But all of us want to be known as that. We want to be known when we walk down the street. The Lord is with that man. The Lord is with that woman. The Lord is there. 
And I just pray that faith, God, I pray right now that you'll release faith to believe like we've never believed before in our God and know him and know his name. That he is more than what we've mentioned. He's far beyond. All of eternity will be discovering more and more of who our God was. A greater unfolding revelation of the majesty of the Son of the living God. So Lord, I pray today, now just release peace. Jehovah, shalom. I rebuke every work of just agitation, fear, depression, discouragement, doubts. I break it off now in the name of Jesus. Worry. We repent, Lord. You said be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer, supplication. Make your request. Lord, you said call upon me, and I'll show you great and mighty things. Great and mighty things of which you know us not. Lord, I release faith. I release encouragement to the people, the saints. God, if I deal with these things during the week, the people deal with these things. Questions and concerns and wonderings. And and I just pray, Lord, for faith. Faith in God, a greater measure of faith. Let it be. And the peace of God that passes understanding. And the joy of the Lord, which is our strength. Lord, I thank you, even when there's no smile on our face, we're going to have joy in our heart. And that joy will carry us through until we get back to the place where we can smile again. So, Lord, I release the anointing, the anointing, the anointing. I see some of you, just someone looking for a way out. You got into something, you don't know how you're going to get out of it, whatever that means to you. And it looks like the way is kind of zigzag. And it's just, you don't know which way. I just hear the Lord saying, I am the way out. Just look up straight to me. Ignore all the zigzags. Look to me and you will be saved. I'm the way out. How many of you are facing some sickness this morning? Some disease, sickness, still just battling Father, in the name of Jesus, you are Jehovah Rapha. You are the God that heals. And Lord, we thank you. We we will not forget all of your benefits. And one is that you heal all of our diseases. I pray, Lord, in, in the prayer of faith shall save the sick. I pray for release of faith. I pray for release of the power of God. Lord, there are people watching Lord, we've heard so many testimonies in Africa how they just would touch the radio. Well, Lord, let them touch the screen. But, God, we're touching you. We're reaching up to the hem of your garment. And we thank you. There's healing power in the name of Jesus Christ. You are who you say you are. You do what you've always done. And we thank you for that, Lord. We give you glory and honor. Wow, Lord, what a mighty God you are. Jesus, this is getting fun. You guys good. Now, nobody's depressed. If you're depressed, we're going to come out there and see to it and wipe that stuff off of you right now. Amen. Hey, congratulations to our two um, graduates. Boy, we're proud of you both. And um, But now you're in the school of the Holy Spirit. When we had that school, the Spirit, down in Alabama, after it was all over, about six and a half years, all of the leaders got together. We said, you know what? That school was for us. It was for us. And guess what? I'm still in it. When are you going to graduate from this, God? You never do, but there will be great rewards. Great rewards. Anyway, we love you guys. If you're visiting with us and never coming back again, we pray the anointing. There's a revival anointing here. There's an anointing here for souls. There's a man buried, Bob Jones, who had an incredible vision of a billion soul harvest. We believe we're a part of that. We're starting to see it in Africa, but we're going to see it here. We're getting ready, getting ready. The way we get ready, my friend from South Africa, Isaac, said, is let your expectancy increase. 
That's one way to get ready because getting ready for all this happening, Lord, how, who could possibly? Well, expect me. Have more expectancy of me and you'll be ready. So I release that over our friend from Del Rio, Texas. It's got to be a challenge to pastor along the border. So, Lord, we pray for the anointing. We pray, fire of God, fire of God, Lord, whatever's happening in his ministry and life, and they're here just to rest. We just pray, Father, send the fire of God that overtakes the plans of the enemy and let God your joy and unspeakable, let clear strategy and direction come. But more than the strategy, let the fire of God fall on that congregation, that group of people in Del Rio, Texas, and spread all along the border, Father. God, one more thing. You guys are good, right? I remember a word when we had in Alabama that God would send in Hispanics to America and the enemy had one plan, but God had another. And he would use the Hispanics to bring about a great spiritual awakening. I just thought of that. This was a long time ago. Fifteen here, five, twenty-something plus years ago. Okay, God. Okay. So, Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Father, those that have come into our nation... We pray, Lord, let the Spirit of the living God fall upon them. Lord, let revival fires break out all along, wherever they've been sent. Lord, all along the borders. God, what the enemy is intended for evil. We sang that this morning. God, would you use for great good in this land. Release the presence of revival. God, use those that have come in. Many, they didn't even know why they came. They were bust in. And whatever we think about it, God, thank you that you are still ruling and reigning. So let the glory of God come and the fire and the anointing of the Spirit ignite flames of revival. Let flames of fire be released through men and women that came into this nation. Let the enemy's plans backfire God royally. That's why we're here, the salt. We're calling on God Almighty. Spoil the plans of the devil. And let the kingdom of God, Lord, whatever's written in that scripture of truth in heaven regarding the Hispanics and all that are coming into our land, let it be done on earth as it is in heaven. We give you all the glory. Whoo, Addie, I better sit down. God bless you guys. We're going to have some people praying.